Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Shit from shit I stepped in. Look in the mirror and point my weapon. You so soft, you won't do nothing. Wanna be starting something? Got to be starting something. Wants to be starting something? Got to be starting something. Get low and take you under. Hang high and make it over. Shoot yourself in the middle when the pain is thunder. No, no, fuck that shit. Smoke a blunt, it's the best I get. I live my life with no regrets. And so I'm stuck with the pain, live my life with no regrets. And I'm stuck with the shame. That's paranoia for ya. Paranoid I didn't get over. That's paranoia for ya. That's why you're drunk, not sober. That's paranoia for ya. True love might be over. No translated thing yeah. is word. It's word. Right. Every thing mm-hmm. came out of the word or the word you back to seed again. Uh-huh. Words are things, or they're word things. So when I say words, I just release a thing, but you don't see the thing when I say it. You heard the thing before you saw the thing, because when I said the thing, it's heard before it's seen. Makes sense to me. As, as Kelly says. I'm telling you, when those two get together, the anointing flows. Well, something is certainly flowing, but I don't know if it's anointing. Okay, all right. Maybe they are a little confusing, but at least these guys know their way around the Bible. Where is that scripture where Samuel was talking and and he talked to him about? What up? This is Marlon, aka Sherlock Homeboy, back like I never left. Fast as a statue, being nosy, minding my business. What up, Sherlock homies, Sherlock Nation? Are you not entertained? Welcome to Hello, I'm Marlon. Jayus! Suckers! Drop the suckers part. Don't go like that. Okay, so uh, we're back. Uh, Marlon said I was having too much fun. So I gotta uh, finish it up. I'm in boring mode. No, I'm not, but I'm gonna get there. But my computer restarted, so I don't know where I left off at on this documentary of the mysterious murder of a math genius. I really feel like they did a bait and switch. We haven't really learned anything uh, about the math genius. I'm gonna be uh, fully honest with you. He just seemed like a professor. I don't like that. I'm, I'm not here to take people's genius tag. I'm just saying. It sounds almost like marketing. 
so do everybody who uh works in uh math at a college get called a genius so uh I'm not here to challenge this genius, but I think the neighbor pulls a fast one on us. Oh, that's why Marlon, now it's coming back to Marlon was mad at you the way you ended the last one when you called out him, his kid, and his ex-wife. Tell Marlon I was joking, man. I don't know where I left off, so let's just get through this. Marlon's trying to ruin the network, so let's go. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Okay, I did. Very flaming people in town and they aren't accepted people like them so that seems to be a dead end too so he walks out you know he just walks out the door and then he goes up here and he just goes over this little hillock here it's pretty even footing yeah it's just hard again it's hard for me to imagine if you're going to do yourself in to do to go through this much work By the time I got to the top of this thing and I saw where he was, I said, he didn't come this way. Yeah, well, we just keep on going over the ridge there and a long way to go. Thus far, there is no evidence of any other person present at the scene of Dr. Hadia's death other than himself. 95 days of a Nebraska winter you're not going to find much evidence of other people other than what's left there, which was him. But I'm sure that after snow and thaw and snow and thaw and warm and cold, uh, animals and the normal decay, all of those things played such a role, there was really no evidence. Everything was really quite thoroughly burned. There were some snaps and zippers, things left in the ash. Uh, to, to give you a description of how thoroughly everything was burned. So, to me, that was what first indicated to me that the idea of to have as complete a burn as you had with so little peripheral damage, you're looking at wick effect. Well, the wick effect is, uh, is a very rare occurrence. Bodies have been found and on very rare occasions when almost the entire trunk has been incinerated, but the rug uh, upon which the body is lying or the chair upon which the corpse is sitting is not burned. Body fat will work like wax in a candle. And if you have a wick of some kind, clothing, whatever. The body burns inside out on its own fat, like a, like a candle, like an inside out candle. And it burns very slowly and very hot. And this explains why we don't have roaring flames, no plumes of smoke, no cries, nobody smelling anything burning. That theory fit the facts very nicely. Well, certain people within the investigation didn't want to hear that. They've never told me and I've never asked. But I was never invited to another meeting, and I know they had several meetings after that. If it gets hot enough, fatty tissue can be made to burn. But to get it that hot, uh, didn't seem logical. You just have to understand that when we crossed the football field there, he could have he had two basic choices. One was to go east, and one was pretty much to go due south. 
and this this time we're going uh, we're going east and we're following a, a you know established road. So you know, but I mean, this is what he's walking on, right? He's not on. We're not there yet, but this is what he's walking on. Okay, so you can see he's there's math and science there. You can see him cross. I, I think he crosses the football field and he makes a choice. He takes either that route we took the other day, or he goes this way. He just takes a really easy road, but he's in full view of everything. The whole town can see him. Okay, well, there's the ranch. But you get the general idea and the kind of the prohibitive feeling of this whole thing. I mean, just picture yourself. You've got that bag of charcoal and perhaps extension cords and water and a flashlight and that peppermint schnapps. And you're going to do something. And you're going to do something you don't want to know anybody to know about. And so, obviously, when I come out here and I say, okay, this is the route he took, I don't see him by himself. I don't see him going on there by himself. I don't see him with any interest at all going out there. I think he's with somebody. And whether he went voluntarily or not, that's a question that may never be answered. There was a, a partially consumed liquor bottle. That was a 375-milliliter bottle of peppermint schnapps. His BAC, or, or blood alcohol content, was tested as well. It was extremely elevated. Stephen was a large man. And... A pint of peppermint schnapps, and this is obviously just my opinion, but a pint of peppermint schnapps would not, to that degree, affect or intoxicate a man of that size. I have heard that in time, levels of, uh, will rise on their own due to decomposition and things like that, and chemical changes in the body. Whatever the BAC is, which has been consistently described as extremely elevated, uh, unless he's just immediately chug-a-lugs that thing and lights himself up. He's been drinking beforehand. Perhaps he's been drinking with someone else. I'm almost convinced of that. Uh, because his hands were not bound, that has been discussed, and it would have been possible to him, for him to bind himself. Uh, there's no suicide note. There is no... Um, indicators at this time that he was thinking of suicide. Um, as I indicated, however, all possibilities are still being considered. I wrote a letter to his longtime friend of about 15 years who lives out in Sioux Falls area. I said, I don't think it was a suicide. And uh, he wrote back to me and gave me three or four reasons why he did not think it was either. In fact, he went so far as to say that he thought the issue of Dr. Hadia's depression sometime before clouded this issue. I think uh, that America is a very depressing place to live, even if things are going well for you. It's a highly stressful, demanding, competitive place to live. And I've been depressed on a number of occasions, just, uh, you know, walking down the street. We live in a world where everybody from your parents to uh, religious figures to political figures tries to find different ways to label you, label you a loser. And it's, it's easy to feel this way when people are telling you that that's how you feel. I felt that I was manic depressive and um, just, man, body chemistry's off. I gotta do something about this because it's not my fault. 
but my the reason I was depressed is because I was poor, I was alone, I was unable to to have a functional relationship with the opposite sex, and the area that I cherished the most, literature, the thing I was struggling for, I was just completely striking out at. That was why I was depressed. That was why I wanted to kill myself. There's no cure for the human condition, other than endurance, I guess. You just. That's what life is, man. It's not easy. People are sitting in front of the television. They're, they're gaining a little bit too much weight. They're seeing all of these glamorous people and all of these products that they should have. Uh, they're getting force-fed the news, which is a concentration on triviality and whatever, uh, you know, whatever garbage they can scrape up to make you feel bad so that you buy more products. I suggest to you that if you take a hundred people who've been diagnosed with some sort of depressive disorder and you take away their friggin' television sets, you're going to see a vast improvement uh, in, you know, in their, their outlook. It's an audience that's raised on television. Their, their standards have been systematically lowered over the years. You know, these guys sit in front of their sets and the, the gamma rays eat the white shells of their brains out. You know. And of course, it's more than that. It's, we're, we're all, you know, we're all under the gun. It's, uh, you know, relationships are harder than they've ever been. Making it in your chosen field, uh, getting educated. There are fucking reasons to be depressed. You should be depressed sometimes. Fuck. People are being burned alive. Now, looking back, you know, you always wonder, did I see anything? And I have thought about it. Now, I've had friends and acquaintances who have uh, committed suicide. And uh, every single case I could look back and say I could see this. I wasn't sure, but I think I could see it coming. And other friends of those friends thought the same. I can't lay my finger on a single thing in Steve Audio's life or my weekly and sometimes daily discussions with him that would have uh, indicated any sign of that kind of unhappiness. I, last year I had a friend of mine kill himself, shot himself, and he displayed quite a few of the warning signs before he did it. Dr. Hadi, as far as I know, really didn't. Seemed to be out of the woods, everyone agreed, almost to a man, everyone agreed that uh, he was happy those last few days before he disappeared and took that long last walk into darkness. just is not a, a casual or a random trip. It's also possible that he could have been with somebody else. Now I know he's not going on this. I don't think he's going on this. Well, obviously he would have uh, really had to know where he was going. Which would say, yeah, which would indicate he'd been there before. Now, you can see why they couldn't find him, my God. Well, it's pretty much straight down for the house, right? It's very puzzling. And it's so easy to get turned around here. Maybe over that ridge. Wow. 
Yeah, he's walking along just like this with a flashlight in full sight of the house for a long time. He's in full view of that house. He must know the possibilities. Oh, here we go, yeah. That's it. Okay, and the house disappears. And you're, these are the only trees within miles. So if he's building a fire right in there, it's not going to go too well, unless it's a still night. Yeah, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But maybe it's an event that doesn't make any sense. And not everything has an explanation. God, he must have been cold, though. You come out to a place like this, and, uh, God, it's just desolation. The whole thing just feels empty. I, I've been over this thing so many times. It's sort of a symbol for the, the mystery that just gets deeper as you go. There's no resolution. There's no answers. Um, it just... I just feel like going back home, you know, where it's warm and where there are people. And, uh... the world and we want to understand the world in the easiest and most adjustable way possible so most stories have beginnings middles and ends some people like movies and some people like country western songs but wh whatever it is whether it's your own life or your family's history or the newspaper these stories need to be put in little packages that we can transmit so so that they can be quickly understood and then assembled with all the other stories that aren't true we talked about Van Gogh cutting off his ear and, you know, and mailing it to a prostitute or something like that. I, he cut off a very small part of his ear, bled a great deal, had to bandage himself up, did a nice self-portrait, but uh, then just cut off his ear. This is an extraordinary thing to do. I don't know if he would have survived if he would have cut off his ear. But we like the story better that way. So, so we're, we're almost incapable of the truth. I don't think yeah. history can possibly be true. <laughs> Possibly. I'll tell you why. Because I told a story to Buck Henry uh, last year in Wymus. And he told the story that he thought I had told him to a newspaper that I read the other day. Mm -hmm. And it bears not the slightest resemblance to what I said. Now, that's an intelligent man, a year okay. later, meaning me well. Yeah. And that's, the, you know, the gospel according to Buck Henry. And it's, uh, it's totally apocryphal. Imagine what nonsense everything else is. The problem with the truth is that you think you find it and you think it's an answer. It's not necessarily an answer. You're just shedding light on things. And you may shed light on your own despicable self. 
and your own despicable weaknesses, which is what happened to me. And, and, and if you're shining this thing all over the place, you have to shine it on yourself. And when you do, you know, sometimes you, you just catch a cockroach. The case is open. It, it's not closed. Um, but the facts of the case have been put out there for the, for the public. Um, but um, they're not sufficiently known at this time, I think, to definitively close the case. And after five or six years, you just resign yourself to the story that's most comfortable to you. Honestly, I don't think it's as convoluted and as crazy and as just nefarious as some people think. I, personally, I can't imagine foul play. It just seems... I mean, I can't hardly imagine suicide. If I had to go to court, raise my hand and testify, and car, you know, Sheriff Daly, in your best opinion, what well, I... sufficiently known at this time I think to definitively close the case and after five or six years you just resign yourself to the story that's most comfortable to you honestly I don't think it's as convoluted and as crazy and as just nefarious as some people think I personally I can't imagine foul play it just seems I mean, I can't hardly imagine suicide. If I had to go to court, raise my hand, and testify, and car, you know, Sheriff Daly, in your best opinion, what, I, I would say it was a suicide. To this day, I don't think that it was suicide. It just doesn't add up to me. Oh, I think you had a little help, and I believe he was murdered. A person of his academic prowess would certainly have an insatiable appetite to know and to learn. It really makes you suspicious. Did he die for that reason? What did he find out? What was unveiled? And I think that's tenable. People do very strange and unexpected things, and sometimes they leave us with mysteries to ponder. I think that's what they did here. Uh, one of the tenets of uh, the scientific method is that uh, any, any theory or uh, idea is uh, only as valid as the latest evidence shows. And uh, you never want to say that I'm 100% sure about something and then quit looking for more evidence. Who knows, maybe someday people like you, you know, they're doing documentaries and writing books and everything else, you may find something and prove us all wrong and, you know, uh, cold case it and open it up again and go for it. Who knows? Another thing I would add is that this story doesn't have a moral. Most stories have morals, but you can't point to anything here. You can fabricate one. You can, you can invent a moral, but there isn't one that's visible to me. It's just flat out, you know, unadulterated tragedy. Whatever happened. And I'm missing. Um, and quite often, uh, I wonder. I can't help but wonder. I kind of miss that sense of 
wonderment that he'd have at discovering something new like a martini um which was a very joyous moment for him and uh it's that just those small little details of someone's life the small gestures like that that stand out that become meaningful and, and i miss that about him i don't know is, is life is sad and moral is is, is that all sorrowful is life you know the first absolute truth of buddhism is that is that a moral I suppose. I mean, there's nothing but tragedy there. There's just so many unanswered questions. And I think about it a lot. Uh, and it still upsets me that no one, no one really cared what happened to Steve Javier. They never really cared. I don't know that we'll ever know the truth. But I do know one thing. He was a good, intelligent, interesting man. Good sense of humor. He was very soft-hearted, very caring, enthusiastic about his work, about his students, cared about our learning. Um, he, he wanted to be involved. He wanted us to succeed in whatever it was that we did. He was always there anytime anybody needed him. That's a lot to say about a person. It's hard to find people like that. And so that he didn't die, let's just say that he didn't die in vain, and let's say that that's the moral of the story. That he did live a number of years, he did get his advanced doctorate, he did find a place where he belonged, he did have friends, he did change people's lives. And, um, and so maybe, maybe it wasn't all for nothing. Of course it wasn't all for nothing, it was not, it was not in vain. Important enough for you, dickhead. All right, so my wrap up is gonna be mm, my conclusion is it's a couple things that stood out to me. The uh, non, his hands being non, not taped up. Uh, the first trees that they came to them were the first trees in sight, mixed with the uh, recent history of of the the town almost burning down and thinking about how much of that was uh was the story of the town being it was so recent being with his IQ level or his intelligence mixed with uh past suicidal uh attempts I'm going to say uh that that it kind of is a uh smart guy suicide and it's connected to the town like isn't uh that story is him as the town like the town didn't get burnt down but that fire that big fire being so close and that's the way he went out mixed with uh the proximity to his job mixed with the uh if it was a murder they wouldn't need his help Mixed with every all of that shit, I'm gonna say, yeah, he killed himself, and he kind of killed himself in a uh, a romantic 
thoughtful way connected to that town. So, uh, yeah, I don't really want to force it. This shit was, this shit was, this shit was weak, man. Matter of fact, let's look. There's probably something else on the ass end of that. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna wrap that up saying we are our worst enemies. And, uh, sometimes the goal is to master the mind in the mirror. I just leave it at that. Uh, that was, you're not gonna, so you're not gonna arrest the, uh, the, uh, author? No, he just weird. Let me see. You know what I'm fucking starting to hate about these search engines? No matter what you type in, they kind of give you what they want to give you. <laughs> yeah, no matter what you type in. They, they just kind of like, nope, you're going to watch this shit. Like, these, these search engines are so weak. How could the search engine underneath the title Genius of all that shit out there be less than 20 actual videos on the turn? So, everything is weird. Even the search, the search engines is like crazy. Okay, there you go. That shit was weak. Let me do this. This shit is crazy. That algorithm is so corrupted. And they... They too busy trying to uh, think they know you. They give you such a uh, stereotypical replies, even though it's probably based upon the past things you have watched. It's still uh, limiting. So let's go that one. Let's go that one. Let's go that one. Uh, let's see. This genius category is kind of limited to pretty much remember rememorization and shit like that. It's, it's kind of uh, it's kind of pathetic. So should we end it? Uh, no, let's not end it. You know what? Let's not. Yeah, let's go ahead and end that. We can do the next one on this one. Uh, no, we can start. I do half and half. Fuck it, man. This one's called Beautiful Minds, the Enigma of Genius. Yeah. Just, just roll into it. Fuck it. See? Thought I was trying to cheat you guys to get out of here. No, I'm just chilling, man. Chilling, take it easy. Marlon want, wanted more boring, and that makes it a lot easier. All I got to do is just tuck down my personality. He's making a mistake. So we're about to check out Beautiful Minds, The Enigma of Genius. Who recognizes genius? Madras, India. Okay, before, before, you, before January you, 1913. Okay, this look like this is going to be good. So before I get started, I might as well do what I uh, normally do. Uh... How about you end it? How about if you really, how about end this one and give us another hour? 
No, 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 because I don't load them up automatically, and that would be cheating this podcast. We're just going to just freestyle it. So, The Beautiful Minds, The Enigma of Genius. Okay, let's give a little freestyle on that one. I'm excited. Yeah, it's like this is going to be good. So, Beautiful Minds, The Enigma of Genius. Uh, Where are we going to go with that one? We're going to say uh, the uh, self-identifying. That's what we're going to key in. We're going to key in. We're going to say fuck the world, man. Fuck the world. Fuck third-party reassurance. Uh, Based upon the math genius who looks like he might have killed himself in actually an intelligent, thought-provoking way. Uh, We're going to we're going to we're going to turn selfish. We're going to turn selfish. I, I think the world's about us, as in ourselves personally. Mixed with, I'm doing a, another podcast, one of my podcasts, uh, They Shooting How Not to Get Murdered. I was talking about how uh, if you have a gun, you are more likely to kill yourself with that gun than to kill somebody else or protect your uh, property with it. So uh, everything is pointing towards the singularity of the statement we are our worst enemies we 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 are here to to master ourselves everything else is is like extra so we just gonna uh we're gonna really do the opposite of what this world begs attention because like social media just like relationships it's all third party third party connections we're, we're, we're gonna uh we're gonna focus on self, cause I think I think once we master self, I don't think too much more matters. And and uh, society, the outside world, is the third party bullshit. When I say third party bullshit, it rules our world. We all want to be famous. We're all social media addicted. Social media stimuli and all that. I think all of that stuff takes over. Once we didn't do our homework. Yeah, our homework. The work from within. So, uh, as we go on this journey, this is my thought for the beautiful mind, the enigma of genius. We're taking back the power of identity. The power of articulation ourselves. Articulating ourselves. And we're, uh, we're becoming the United States president of me, the United States of me, we're, we're, we're running for president, we become dictators, and uh, I think that's what we got to do first, then we'll see what the world has to offer with very limited power to affect us, so without further ado, this is like, this is going to be good, beautiful minds, the enigma of genius, it like, this is going to be good. In Srinivasa Iyengar Ramanujan a 25-year-old self-taught mathematician who has been working on number theory, continued fractions, and infinite series, writes nine pages of his radical theorems. Ramanujan pens a preface to these unusual documents, explaining, I have had no university education, but I have undergone the ordinary school course. After leaving school, I have been employing the spare time at my disposal to work at mathematics. I have not trodden through the conventional regular course, but I am striking out a new path for myself. I have made special investigation of diverging series in general, and the methods I get 
are termed by local mathematicians as startling. Ramanujan bundles his papers and addresses them to three of the world's leading mathematicians, all of whom reside half a world away, at Cambridge University in England. Two of the professors ignore the work of this young Indian from their distant colony. But the world-renowned mathematician G.H. Pardee looks at Ramanujan's work and declares, These theorems defeat me completely. I've never seen anything in the least like them before. They must be true, because if they are not true, no one would have the imagination to invent them. So Hardy sets out to prove the theorem's truth. And after days of work, Hardy writes in his journal that this unknown, poor, un... This is like a play. A little heavy-handed, but it's kind of cool. Uh, I can almost pinpoint the reason for that. Because, uh, like I, I made an off-brand comment earlier, I said genius nowadays just by memorization. Like I said, that's what in the Western civilization, we're uh, smart is memor memorizing other smart people. We're smart because we memorize somebody who took the time to think for themselves. So it's not, a, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, we don't grow genius. We grow replicators, memorization, rem remembering great people who took the time to think for themselves. I say that because it's easy. I can see how that can happen because we are all taught to follow a process. And there's really no genius along that way. If you become a genius along that way, you have to walk that whole process then add a step or two to the end. And and that's, that's what it is. But uh, somebody who hasn't been mentally broken to follow a process that's what the excitement is. That's that's what the excitement is, because because that's a brain figuring it out in the dark. So so it will be hard to become a genius in the middle of the unknown when you're being led down a certain path. So uh, there's a thin line between uh, being broken mentally by a process, our predecessor's process. And uh, what can make us re uh, remember that is the only way we are getting smarter is for the people before us who took the time to walk in the middle of the unknown without a process and uh, start from there. I didn't do a good job of explaining that. Try to explain that again. It's hard to discover when you're being told where to walk. Hard to discover something new when you've been told where to walk. Okay, let's keep it going. Trained Indian is without question a mathematician of the highest quality, a man of altogether exceptional originality and power. On a scale of pure talent, Hardy gives himself a 25. He gives the greatest mathematician ever an 80. And he gives Ramanujan a 100. 1894, the School of Industrial Physics and Chemistry, Paris, France. An impoverished young Polish physics student named Maria Skorowska meets a young professor named Pierre Curie. Pierre believes he has met a woman of genius. A year later, Marie marries Pierre. 
And with his support, she begins the unprecedented work of measuring the energetic rays of minerals. Using a modified quadrant electrometer designed by Pierre, Marie spends day after tedious day painstakingly moving tiny weights and recording times to find the precise measurement of each mineral's electric charge. Her granddaughter would later say that it was impossible to accurately replicate Marie's work. No one at the Curie Institute has the sight of hand or the concentration to do it. In fact, I know of no one alive who has that skill. The result of her work? The discovery of something she called radioactivity. The 1903 Nobel Committee nominates Pierre and Henri Bicquerel, their male collaborator, but not Marie. Marie's husband, who first recognized her as a woman of genius, writes to the committee to tell them he will not accept the prize if this genius, regardless of her gender, is not included. The Nobel Committee awards her the shared prize. Eight years later, she wins a second Nobel for the discovery of two new elements, polonium and radium, changing the makeup of the periodic table. It will be 24 years before another woman wins the award, Marie's own daughter. One of Marie's peers proclaims, Pierre Curie's greatest discovery was Maria Sklodowska. Her greatest discovery was radioactivity. Professor Marie Curie's work opens a door that no one knew existed. A door into the infinite space of atomic science. Since 322 I, 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 I BC, a, uh, people a, have spoken I up. I got a little gripe I want to say. Like as if, even though, even the, their award system uh, of genius, it still bothers me a little bit. Because it's so it's so niche, it's so niche, and uh, it's so uh, what's the word? I guess what I'm trying to say is, hmm, how can I say this? You must further their subjects in order to qualify. I think that's a smart way of saying it without saying it. It it must be in line with the greater good of uh the unseen unsaid agendas subject matters formulas yeah we leave it there of the atom which means not cut the smallest form in the universe that cannot be divided marie curie changes everything 1796 vienna the celebrated composer Ludwig van Beethoven begins to hear a ringing in his ears. It was tinnitus, a ringing in the ears that heralded the eventual loss of hearing. In four years, the deafness decreased, he writes his brother. I know he was deaf for four years, but at the end of my life, it was only my art that helped me back. Beethoven continues to write the music that he hears only in his head. I didn't know that. 
I know uh, Beethoven first symphony. He composed. He couldn't even hear. He was deaf. I didn't know that. Let's hear this with a commercial. Hey, it's Sherlock Holmes. Silent weapon for silent war. Seven options of support. Let's skip this video. Know kind of sucks if they, they're going through like a uh uh a mashup of all perceived geniuses like this one that says sir isaac newton just a flash they threw martin luther king in there is that is that all black people have i i guess i'm uh one of the first black geniuses in history that they 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 put the civil rights leader <laughs> is that is that what they call that shit is what they hold on let me get this joke out what is that they called it is this uh what the fuck give me a second what do they call it what do they call it when they uh they will start giving black people jobs and that became a a, a thing uh job placement in certain areas because there's no black people there affirmative action if this is affirmative action placement they, they put they put a reverend they put the only black representation in this little collage was Martin Luther King. And like I said, I'm not here to uh, to take uh, people's genius. But he can't, nope, I'm taking his. Nope, nope, nope. I don't, that bothers me. Why do, it, why do that bother you? Because I never, well, I'm not here to say he wasn't a genius. But I don't feel that the requirements that, they push on all them other people. I feel like that was a affirmative action placement. I'm just being honest. And it's depressing. It's, it's depressing, dude. Well, well, they're going to put you... Well, you're going to be there. You know what? Thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. I have transcended beyond race. But uh, I still represent for my tribe. What they next? What they gonna show next? They gonna, they gonna put LeBron James in there? And to be honest with you, man, that physical shit with the mind and the split second shit—that shit is genius. So, so LeBron James is more of a genius than Martin Luther King. <laughs> Shut up, man! Don't start that shit, man. The way he took a ass whooping <laughs> it was genius.
that was genius though. The whole that whole concept is a genius concept. So I'm, I'm all jokes aside. That that was other level thinking. Stephen Hawking. I'll tell you one thing. I'm breaking my computer if they show Elon Musk. That's a different podcast, but I said they cheating. They put Elon Musk. Uh, we, we're still in the process of living. And they're already trying to sign Elon Musk's name to the genius of our era. I'm saying, fuck that shit, man. Like, can we live first? Can we experience this consciousness? They are already writing history, and they're trying to write it up like Elon Musk is our Stephen Hawking's. Talk about the short end of the stick. Elon Musk is our Albert Einstein. I feel like we've been robbed. Do we get the receipt? No, fuck that. Albert, our Albert Einstein is Elon Musk. Fuck that shit. Gandhi, you fucking racist bastard. Learned about you, you fucker. If you was around, I'll punch you in your fucking face right now. <laughs> yeah, you ain't gonna punch nobody. Yeah, the joke came across a little too real. Fuck Gandhi, man. We're walking around wearing a pamper. Okay, Marlon. I'm just, I'm just going through the steps. They put Michael Jordan in there, man. I want to punch somebody, man. Hey, imagine you some... I haven't saw one Mexican yet. Relax. You're not the only one underrepresented. I ain't saw one Mexican in the whole collage. Join me in thanking our three actors, Roger Burroughs, Jessica Fry, and Patrick Halley. It kind of gives you hope for the species, doesn't it? It's a good thing. You know, those are three vignettes. Ramanujan, Marie Curie, Beethoven, that begin to reveal the varied forms that genius can take. The Should I tell them, Mike, how I listen to Beethoven? Too long of a story. I'll tell you guys uh, later. Varied ways that genius is recognized and the varied obstacles that have to be contended with or, or cleared away if one is going to follow the pathway toward greatness. But they are just three examples. And for every one of the faces that you saw in that montage at the end, there is a unique story behind them, how their genius manifested itself, how their genius was discovered, and what obstacles they faced. So what we'd like to do tonight is try to get at the very nature of genius, to try to find 
some aspects of genius that would broadly apply, would transcend any given example, but yet would embrace them all. Okay, I'm going to throw something in, this, uh, in the ring, smart guy. Let me think. You, I'm the type of dude that raised my hand before I got the answer. Hey, pick me, pick me. Okay, let me think of some shit to say. Oh, I'm going to say uh, personal and internal focus. Personal internal focus. First party focus. So the kinds of questions are things like, what do we really mean by genius? Does the notion of genius change from age to age? What is the relationship... Ah, me, pick me, pick me, pick me! I'm going to, I'm okay. Let me think of something. I, 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 I'm going to say... Uh, Personal development on on the higher spectrum than your peers. Between intelligence, creativity, and genius, are we able to locate within the brain places from which genius emanates? And if we can, does that mean that we might be able to cultivate or nurture genius? Uh, what is the relationship between genius and madness these are the kinds of questions we'll talk about tonight but perhaps before we do that it's, it's worth my saying that I saw that montage before tonight it was being worked on at the World Science Festival office and when it was basically done the editor called me in to take a look and it was kind of thrilling to to see all of these faces flying by this flurry of Einstein and Newton and Emmy Noether, Emily Dickinson, and I was getting into it, and, and I was waiting, uh, <laughs> waiting for <clears throat> my uh, picture to, um, and it never did appear. So um, I had to find some other way into this program, so I will be your moderator tonight. Hey, that's pretty good. All right, so we have a great panel that we have brought together. I want to be on the panel. I won't even cuss. I'm going to put some pants on. I'm on our first panelist, Julie Tamer. Okay, before they get started, before they get started, I'm about to call these bastards out. Let me think. How many seats they got up there? They got one, two, three, four, five, six. They got six seats. They got six seats. They couldn't find those smart Negroes to put in their uh, compilation other than uh, Michael Jordan and Martin Luther King. Man, he could get his ass whooped with the best of them. <laughs> Shut your bitch ass up, man. You better quit talking about my boy. Just joking, man. So how they gonna play this Me Too world? Wasn't this? Oh, this came out 2015. That's that's like the beginning of the Me Too era. So they got they got six seats. If they couldn't only if they only could find Michael Jordan and Martin Luther King uh, for their collage, I'm saying that's a stretch in itself. But they have six seats here. Are they gonna? Did they find a Negro for here? Did they, did they find a black person for this panel? They're conscious. They know what they're doing. But I don't know if they want to uh, get sidetracked by hidden agendas. Or 
force the issue. What I'm saying, long story short, there are now these six seats. Would there be a black man sitting there? Ooh, that's a good question, dude. I love that's a good fucking question. That's a good that's that's a good fucking question. You know what I'm gonna say? Here's my that's a good question because I don't know I don't know what they that that go two that go two ways. I hop out this and I would say this off top. It won't be two black dudes in there. There won't be two black dudes. So okay, let me get my paper. Let me let me get my paper. Uh, okay, this is in this white man's world. About genius, there's six seats there. Let me see, six seats, six seats. They really want to put all six white men in there. That's where the protocol of genius starts. That's a five and a half. We're gonna get five guys and one hermaphrodite. <laughs> so, uh, female. Okay. Okay. Okay, let's break this down. Female. How many females are gonna be here? I'm saying they deserve three. They're going to give them two. Two females. I don't know. I don't know. Because I think they're going to replace the... I think the black seat goes to a black female. I think they have fine... They're fine at a black female for that seat. So, so, let's see. Two females? I think two females and a possible... And a possible black female. Black female. And the, the white man is doing a good job of sharing, but he's not giving, he needs at least two positions. He, he Fuck all this sharing shit. He shares enough, and you can run, two white males would be on this panel. Two white males. Uh-oh, it's getting kind of tight. Two fours and two more. Two white males. Oh, there ain't room for it. It's not a room for a black guy. <laughs> so I'm going with two females, two white males, and two non-white males, but not black. Non-white males, but not black. So I'm going two for twos. I'm going two white males, two females, and possibly they may slide a sister in there, and two non-white males. Let's see what this panel is looking like. Uh, then we probably end it. Then we uh, start this uh, next episode. Let's see. <laughs> So Julie Taymor is the first woman to win a Tony Award for Best Direction for a Musical for The Lion King, for she also won the Tony for Costume Design. Oh, they got famous people. So they they, they, they got famous, they call these people pre-geniuses. They might have found, the, I don't know, no, that changes everything. I thought they just ran, no, she's, yeah, she's fresh too, she's sexy as hell. Did that change anything? Nope, that don't change anything. I'm going to stay packed. So far, we can, so I said two females, two white males, two non-white uh, uh, males, and possibly they slid a black lady in there. She's sexy. Theater productions, operas, and films have garnered numerous awards as well as critical and popular acclaim. She is a recipient of the MacArthur Genius Fellowship. Next up... Dean Keith Simonton. Dean Keith Simonton is a distinguished professor in LeBron psychology at the University of California, Davis, who has spent his career studying genius and creativity. 
He's won several academic awards, has written over 400 publications, and is the author of 12 books, including Origins of Genius, Darwinian Perspectives on Creativity. Okay, now that's the white man. So we got, okay, so far so good. This is exciting. So, so, I, so one, one. So, I, so I'll say there's one more uh, white. There's one more female, and then a possible black female. One more white male, and there's two more non, two more non uh, white males. Buddy, welcome. Next up, Douglas Fields. A neuroscientist at the National Institutes of Health, Douglas Fields looks at neuroplasticity and is leading the examination of glial cells, privileged okay. to be just packing. Okay, we're dead. they just got the two white men out the way. They ain't fucking around. They got the two white men out the way. They're at their white man limit. And I don't think they're out. Ooh, stay, stay strong with your prediction. Now I want to change my prediction. Uh, I, I, I think I think there's another white man coming, but I can't change it. So we get we're we're to our maximum, white man. So I, you think there's two non-white men? Yeah, I, I, one more woman. Damn, I don't want to change. You know what? I already picked. I already picked. You don't think there's three more seats? You don't think it'll be a, another white man in the, that seat? Okay. Yeah, yes it is. It's gonna be one, one more white man. One more. Nope, don't change it. Don't you dare change it. So we got three more seats left. As I'm saying, it's gonna be two non-white men and one female. Ooh, this is gonna be tough. This is gonna be tough. I think the white man, I think they got one more white man coming, but I, nope, nope, I, we just got to, let's play it, let's go. ...material as the potential key to exceptional ability and creativity. His award-winning 2009 book, The Other Brain, details how a revolution in neuroscience may hold the key to enhancing our understanding of the mind, creativity, and intelligence, and, in his spare time, he designs and builds handcrafted guitars. Welcome. Next, please welcome Rex Young, a neuroscientist at the University of New Mexico. Rex Young studies both brain disease and what the brain does well. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Another white man. So three. I didn't, yeah. Nope. You didn't get that. Nope. I wanted to change it. You wouldn't let me. Fuck it. Nope. They got three positions. So do you think another? Fi yep. So I'm saying. Uh, uh, so what's left? I'm. I only got one wrong. White man got three of the seats. Only got one. I should have knew that, man. What do you fuck up? You can't double stamp for triple stamp. Damn. Okay, so I I said by my calculations is one one female coming who can possibly not. Oh, so basically there's one more female coming, possibly not not white, but and there's one more man a male coming that's not white. So the white people are out the way, what you're trying to say. Now, it might be another white lady, but I'm saying that lady could be black and that covers the uh, boxes. Then it's going to be a guy from India. Let's go. It's known as positive neuroscience. His research interests focus upon the structural and biochemical correlates of intelligence and creativity. Thank you for being here. 
Next, we have Marcus Dusatoy. Marcus? Marcus is Mar a mathematician. Marcus, research, okay. Uh, Marcus? Writer and television and radio presenter. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's fair. That's fair. They got another white guy named Marcus, which is fair. It's kind of like, it's just it's like, he's like 20% black. That's fair. Of mathematics so at the University of Oxford and a fellow of New College. He's the author of numerous academic articles and best-selling prize-winning books on mathematics. He hosted and co-produced the BBC series. Is it going to be another? What's going to be next? Oh, man. I would say I failed. Four white men, one white lady. It can't be another lady. And it can't be another white man. Can't be, man. So what are you gonna go there? Well, I'm, well, there's no more females. I'm, I'm, where's it gonna be a, a a guy from India? What makes a genius? Welcome. <laughs> and finally, we have my friend Philip Glass. In the past quarter century, Philip Glass has composed more than 20 operas, eight symphonies, several concerto soundtracks to films, string quartets, and works for solo piano and organ. Through his own work and his wide-ranging collaborations, including me, with exceptional artists, he has had an extraordinary impact upon the musical and intellectual life of his times. So, for, uh, five uh, appearance-based white, white males... And one appearance-based white woman. Well, can't win them all. Man, you had Michael Jordan and Martin Luther King in the in the in the monta, in the collage. You thought and you thought that no, they're gonna no. So it is what it is. Let's see what they gotta say. Tune in next time as we uh, check out the Enigma of Genius. Uh, uh, thanks for supporting the Marlon Podcast Network. 14 different podcasts, two new episodes every day. Catchphrase, I'm out. In the end, they always hit you up for some cash. Now, some do it in a pious spiritual way. As a special challenge, please prayerfully consider a gift of $1,200 or more. But not everyone is as prayerfully considered as those guys. Uh, the master of the grab for cash would have to be this guy, our favourite, Mike Murdoch. A lady came up to me one night and she said, my ex-husband has not paid child support in 15 years. I said, sow a seed for $58 just as a covenant between you and God. I'm not trying to buy a miracle, that's absurd. But give God a seed of your faith, $58. <laughs> at all. It's about planting seeds. And I tell you what, planting a seed in Mike's bank account really pays off. Less than 30 days, that ex-husband wrote her a check and mailed it for $65,000. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Surely you can. No alibi, bye. Say goodbye, bye. Don't ask why, why. I might die, die. You either fly, fly. Or you fry, fry. Every try, try. You always lie, lie. Every female. Every guy, guy.
don't try to escape and get high, high. Now I lay me down to sleep. What I did do not happen to me. It might seem like I'm rapping to be. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, my apologies for heaven's sake. My inner space is out of space. Too bad it went down this way. Run DMC, then walk this way. Stare with the heaven on the hip hop beat. Staring at heaven even if I sleep. Wake up from death seven days a week. Consciousness is continuously. All I know is eternity. To be or not to be. The beat is feeling kind of deep to me. Is it you? It speak to me. Voices in my head play a symphony. Bach mixed with Tupac, Beethoven. I stay smoking. I'm really trying quick, but I stay smoking. I really want to hit, but I stay hoping. The day seems the same open. I really want to change. I hope you notice. Forgive me for my sins when I lose focus. Forgive you. I hope you're joking. Karma came back and stuck his nose in. What you chosen is the chosen. Don't have a